Hi, I'm Kieran Cook, and welcome to At Source Podcast, a place where natural health and well-being are at the forefront of the conversation. Gain useful insights direct from the source from doctors, industry experts, wellness advocates, and everything in between. This is a place for busy people who want to get to the core of health and wellness with information about the latest health advances and trends. In this series, we talk with and learn from inspiring leaders from all walks of life, touching on important topics that will help answer some of the key questions about natural health, well-being, fitness, and all things direct from the source. Today on the At Source podcast, powered by Nature Bee, we have the founders of Wellness New Zealand, Sarah Cumming and Sarah Maguire. Wellness New Zealand is a small team of passionate and devoted individuals who aim to create a supportive and nurturing environment for clients to reconnect with themselves, others and nature on their wellness journey. So listen on as we hear how both these ladies came together to create a hub for wellness. I'm going to hand the mic over to you, Sarah M., as I think both your journeys into creating Wellness New Zealand is a story worth hearing. How did Wellness New Zealand come about and how did you meet Sarah C? So a little bit of background story um, for my uh, journey was um, I had the the amazing uh, pleasure of being raised in an environment with a woman who was very connected to nature um, and um, she exposed myself and my brothers to uh, gathering medicinal herbs and medicine um, and making tinctures and, uh, and, and healing balms. Um, she had a very, very strong interest in, in natural health and natural medicine, as well as um, hands-on healing, massage. So, um, yeah, so for me, it was an incredible um, exposure to um, the, the sort of natural world and um and natural medicine. Um, Sorry, did you say this was? Did you say this was your mum or you, my mum? Yes, yeah, my mum. Yes, okay. yeah, Christine. Yeah. So, um, so for myself, I didn't start to get into natural medicine until I actually moved overseas. I moved into a, a big permaculture village in Australia uh, and was exposed to uh, the most beautiful, amazing, expansive group of alternative. Uh, healers. I had the opportunity to train uh, in shiatsu and uh, massage therapy and then had a job opportunity uh, with a natural cancer treatment centre in Australia called Fountainhead. With the permaculture, um, I guess, introduction that you had, I was just really interested, and, and we can do this later or before, but I just thought it might be useful to sort of expand a little bit on that, what that actually looks like, yeah. Sure. So um, so basically this is a village that uh, that had, you were able to buy into an acre of land and you could build your own house. It had to be out of natural materials uh, or recycled materials. 
And permaculture is where the, the systems all work into each other. So you are growing your own food and you're composting and you're sharing. And uh, it's a, a very natural uh, environment to be in. So the systems basically play out that you are giving back to the land and uh, to self. So it's a, it's a very sharing community. And was this a large community? I, I think, did you mention it was in Australia? Was that, is that, I did a little bit of reading and a bit of background. Was that in the Sunshine Coast area? It was. So it's uh, Crystal Waters and uh, it's inland from the Sunshine Coast. So just, just about 15, 15, 20k from Mullaney. Um, and I was there for seven years. And uh, yeah, so my son and I had two 1920 railway carriages uh, parked inside a dwelling that was built essentially over the top of it. We had earth walls and it was a breathing space, beautiful environment that was blended into nature as well. So yeah, just a just a uh, an incredible opportunity to to experience natural materials and architecture. There was a couple of grand design uh, houses that were on the on in the village as well. No Wi Fi. So uh, no Wi-Fi, no, and no domestic animals. It was all, you know, the full-blown, you know, snakes and kangaroos oh, and wow. possums, and yeah. which was uh, a bit of an eye-opener for a Kiwi girl. Yes, um, the wild outback. But oh, absolutely. But you just, you just get, you do, you get used to it. I know my family were always concerned. I had a, a two-year-old living in this environment, as to you know, exposure to potentially mm. being bitten by something, but. Yeah, no, I, I, the first time I actually did gardening there, I, it was in the winter and, and I managed to dig up a black snake. Ah. I didn't realise that they hibernated under the soil. So that was a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do they so, bite? Do they, do they, does that variety bite? Are they to be sort of... They do fierce? bite, but they're very, they're very dopey when they're sleeping and they're hibernating, thankfully. So that was a bit of a sh- throw the shovel away and go back inside situation. <laughs> so. Mission abort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely Right, done with gardening in Australia. Yeah, Thank you. Tick, no, that's tick, done, done, done. And dusted. Yep, 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 totally. Um, but yeah, this village, I mean, it basically had, and thank you just for opening me up a little bit there, but it just, it, it gave me this, this, the foundation for who I am and what I am because I, we had uh, practitioners living and working from this village that were from all over the world. Uh, that uh, were doing the most extraordinary yeah, healing treatments um, from acupuncture to naturopathy to having their own um, their own uh, health uh, protocols and, and, and techniques and um, it, it really gave me such a, an expanded awareness and view of what's possible. Mm. Sounds like it sounds um, like a really sort of you know holistic ecosystem. Looking, so totally, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and supporting each other and each other's children. It's that real community raising, raising, and and not only with 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 children, but also you know you get you get to personally grow in an environment like that because the mindset is so much in supporting each other. So you could basically turn up. And, and have these people around you that would see you and, 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 and want to get to know you and want to welcome you. And so... It's not like that, it, though, is it? In the real... I mean, when I say the real world, uh, just conventional mainstream community, uh, you know, 
lifestyle isn't like that. It, it's quite common to not know your neighbour and uh, yeah, see them coming and yeah. going every day. And so was it difficult leaving that environment and just sort of readjusting to more mainstream living? Um, it, it, it was confronting coming back to New Zealand in the sense that I knew that it, it, it wouldn't have this, again, that what you've just described, that same same support. But my family, my, my, my mother, my father and my uh, a sibling, I think at that time, and amongst our extended family were all back in in New Zealand but I missed my family you know and uh, I I think it's for me at the time it, it almost felt like I was in a fairyland <laughs> It would have been, yeah, pretty cocooned, yeah. right? Pretty, pretty yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. It was very cocooned and you don't feel like you are part of the rest of the world. And I think I think bringing my son back to be with his, his people uh, was a, a, a really good move for me because, I mean, as, 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 as the time, as time passed, my mother ended up being diagnosed with cancer and I was able to be here for her through that. And um, but coming, you know, coming back with the um, the the types of of treatments that I'd been exposed to, and yes, coming back yes, to, 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 to New Zealand was yeah. a real kind of like complete polar opposites. We were very much in New Zealand, at, you know, in the mainstream not doing the types of things that uh, that I had been exposed to. And I'm sure there would have been some amazing practitioners out there that that, that have been and, and were, um, but I didn't have connections to them. So um, when I when I came back here, I think I, I kept everything kind of on the lowdown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, quite simple um, treatments that were going to be able to reach a, an audience. So Yeah, yeah, you sort of had to modify um, that's sort of interesting. So uh, thank you for that. That's just nice to know a little bit about your background. Uh, so should we just move to Sarah C, who's been sitting smiling rather patiently too. <laughs> I'm just interested to hear a little bit about yourself, you know, what your background is and how you got started on the wellness journey because the little bit of reading I've done is you've had a different trajectory there. Uh, yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, I absolutely have had uh, a different trajectory. Uh, so I come from a secondary teaching background um, and that was in health and physical education and outdoor education, uh, where I was uh, doing that middle leadership, HOD, pump, 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 going through the grind. I get um, that. I'm an ex-secondary teacher too, so I yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, you find yourself just in a pattern of, of doing what you do. Um, and then I was in, the, in, the, in Christchurch when those earthquakes hit, which... Uh, gave me a real uh, rattle, if you like, uh, and I found myself uh, taking leave and, and really needing to uh, rebalance myself. Um, and, yeah, I was overwhelmed. Little things would get me completely panged out. You know, I wouldn't, or wasn't coping with some, some things that I just could do every day. Um, it's good that you recognise that, though. I'm just going to jump in there. It's good that you yeah. recognise that, right? Because I meet a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, in the work that you do at Wellness New Zealand, who don't sort of read the signs, and they often will wait until the ambulances sort of hit the bottom of the cliff before they pick themselves back up. So there's something in that, isn't it? Having that introspection to go, actually, small stuff's grinding my gears. Uh, you know, it's probably time to be able to, you know, to be able to step back. And I yeah. think there's a bit more of that happening now. Um, as mental health's probably got a little bit more awareness around it, but uh, yeah, and I, th- I think as, as 
Yeah, no, you're dead right. I think, um, I don't know if I did have the awareness to start with, and uh, I moved to Nelson, and I think that's when I started to be more aware of my, my patterns and my behaviours, and uh, when I met Sarah, there was definitely a lot of conversation around um, what was happening for me, and that's when I really started to understand um, and accept, like you said, there's not a lot of, I think nowadays there's a lot more conversation and a lot more open um, openness about mental health and about the effects that it can have on your day-to-day life and um, whether that just be minor, um, not, I shouldn't say minor, but whether that be something that is, is just a small thing that, that can affect you or right through to some of the bigger mental health issues. But Sometimes yeah, that so can Sarah, be the small things, right? It can be an accumulation oh, of many small things that just sort uh, of... Ends up feeling yes. very overwhelming. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's one of those things that you have to look out for. And um, I think Sarah was a real catalyst for me to start to to look inwards and, and connect more with myself. And then from there, I undertook my own journey. Um, mm. So, did you to, meet Sarah M in Nelson when in you Nelson. when you felt like you needed a, a little bit of help? Uh, no, no, we met through friends. Oh, okay. Um, yep, yep, yep. And it just happened to be that I probably did need a little bit of help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and on top of that, I was very much in a space of wanting to make some change. And so mm. um, I just wanted to be freer. I wanted to be free. It was my words, you know, and I needed to make some change. And um, the big letting go of who I identified myself as being a teacher and that letting go of that, that you know, who I am and what I thought I had to be yeah. um, into, uh, into creating. We, we slowly over the last um, six and a half years have, have changed changed my job and, um, and I'm now, yeah, we're now part of the team or we've created the bigger picture Wellness New Zealand together. And yeah, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting thing and I, I think uh, one could feel apologetic about departing teaching uh, but actually, you know, I think vocationally we're more nimble now than ever. And I think the days where mm. you go, you study, and you in a really linear way, you, you execute, and that's what you do for 20 years, I think those days are gone. Um, Absolutely. I think, I th- yeah, and I think the, the upcoming generation, the more nimble they are and the more, uh, you know, they're able to go sideways with their career choices, the better. Um, so oh. good on you, I yeah. say. Yeah, yeah Wave it goodbye and welcome in, yeah. the, new, in the news oh. you have. So Absolutely. So yeah. shall we? But in, but in saying that, we, we, we do work with children in a, a, at Wellness New Zealand mm. as well, which is, you know, having Sarah's uh, background has just been incredible and her ability to be able to, to assist me in my own growth as well with being able to, welcome them into the space and make them feel comfortable she has a beautiful way of being able to connect with uh, with children so it's, it has opened up an avenue for us where I, I've, I've found that a lot of practitioners maybe more so in Nelson I'm not sure uh, you know working with kids is, is just in you know especially in the areas that we we sort of venture off into um, is, is not as common and um, again Sarah's backgrounds open that up for us. Yeah oh, well that's, an, that's a very uh, good point. I was going to ask you and you've helped me because you've just nudged it right in there. I was going to say let's talk about some of the work that you do at Wellness New Zealand. Um, I can see that you're, you're based in Nelson, the clinic's based in Nelson um, and you have wellness journeys and uh, intuitive development, coaching, naturopathy, suggestive hypnotherapy um, and, of course, a few other things like massage therapy, acupuncture and nutrition, which is a great um, add-on too. So where do we start with that? 
Um, so, and we also offer um, trauma release breath work, um, which is becoming a bigger part of um, what we offer too. Uh, my 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 area of work is in uh, the suggestive hypnotherapy and the coaching, and I have a massive range of clients that come in. So anything from um, anxiety to a person that's on a, a healing journey and wanting to make changes to how they feel, how they think, how they live. So we break down, you know, break down their journey um, and get deeper understanding of where they're wanting to go. Okay, so can Uh, I just ask you here, uh, what is suggestive hypnotherapy? And is this something you have to do face to face? Or could you do this online? Uh, I, I definitely do it online as well. Uh, suggestive hypnotherapy is, uh, it's, it's, it's almost how I describe it as quite a deep meditation. So you're getting a person into a very comfortable uh, place, um, environment, whether that's at home, lying on the bed or on the couch, deep breathing and a guided induction where you're taking them into a, into a light trance. And, and for some people, they may go a lot deeper. And then you are guiding them through, you know, a story or you're, you're basically you're putting a message into that person's mind so it's very visual and works very well with with people that are um, very visual so you're you're putting new messages so that the the mind and the body can respond really nicely to those messages and have a release a letting go an adjustment to how they feel okay and is everybody or most people receptive to this Yes, yes, absolutely. And I've found that it's it's something that I, I start by having a, 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 a meet and greet before I take a person through, you know, have, make their booking for it. And it's about creating a safe connection environment for that for that person to be able to relax enough to, of course, open themselves up to, uh, to, to be, having these suggestions put through. I also integrate my uh, my development coaching into these sessions because it allows an opportunity for a deeper awareness and connection in that moment. So the person might have a, a level of understanding, but with some further guidance, it allows them to explore more as to what might be happening for them and why they might be triggered in the way that they are. Yep. So you're getting a, a deeper, deeper understanding and then going in hopefully with that that more that more awareness. And are these sessions about an hour long? They are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I tend to go over and get told off quite a bit. Yeah, what you get told off in the moment? Are your clients telling you off while they're in that state, or no, when they come out? No, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a lovely manager that just uh, says, "Okay, so like that this. was an hour long, and and uh, and and you were in there for an hour and a half." But my dedication to my to the people that 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 show up and 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 have the willingness, I am just, I feel. Um, yeah, I feel very privileged to be in that space with somebody. So um, I'm right there with them while they go through it. And that sometimes can take a little longer than Yeah, I well, I, I'd imagine that it would because things happen along the way, right? A little bit like our chat sure. today. We're doing a few, we, sure we've do. got a few curveballs here in our chat. Um, I was just <laughs> yeah, interested yeah. in tapping because that looked like you were sort of um, doing a bit of work in EFT tapping. And it's something I've yes. heard a little bit about, but I'd like to hear from one of you just how that works and how, how it is working for you in the clinic and who might be a good candidate for tapping. Yeah, so I integrate tapping into my uh, hypnotherapy sessions as well. And uh, I also use them with my clients who 
are have a more sensory sensory based um, whether that's disorders autism ah, um, yes, yeah. I find um, that uh, tapping really allows the um, the mind and the body to calm down and release so there's sequences with the tapping and it gives the body a channel meridian points to be able to release so I, I do integrate it if I feel like it would be beneficial to that person to have a further connection to self and and an opportunity for a channel for releasing. So when you talk about meridian points you talk about hot spots. I am and I and and, and there is a lot of different types of tapping um, that's offered for training and I've integrated to probably two or three of them but I basically what I'm doing is is I'm, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at how that person's it's going to sound a bit funny but how they how I think they will best release and what kind of tapping is going to be beneficial to them and I'll play around with that but the meridian points are, are, are again like with acupuncture channels for the body to be able to be accessed and, and released so it's really about being present it's about being present. Uh, it's about taking an opportunity to access uh, how you're feeling. I think people avoid how they're feeling sure. as much as they can. How are you? Because there's just I'm great, too thanks. much. You know, good. That, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's the big classic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's just so much going I on know. for people, and 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 to just take this moment and feel completely supported in it for whatever might possibly come up, and know that you are. There's just no judgment there's just such an opportunity there for some connection and for some healing that I'm I'm, I'm ready for anything I'm, I'm just quite literally there integrating my my bag of tools that are going to be able to come forward and be able to meet that person so it's been extremely important to me to be very diverse in my training so that I'm not just under one umbrella I'm not just I'm just, not just this is the be all end all treatment it's a an opportunity to bring forward history of of wellness uh, that that might be able to meet that individual, and I find that I'm, I bring things to the table that I haven't thought about using in nearly twenty years, and all of a sudden, completely appropriate to, to that moment. You've got a few tools in the toolkit that you can sort of. I do, pull out. yeah, I do. Thanks to that permaculture village and to that um, and cancer and, treatment and cooking centre, and food and, and nutrition, and we uh, yeah, haven't talked about yeah, that. All of it. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get to that too today. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm I really like the way you both talk about. Uh, your, your wellness sort of being like a proven platform. You talk about it as a platform, and it's not the first time I've heard that phrase. Um, I've had quite a few um, industry experts in that wellness space talk about a platform for wellness. And I know that how you connect with nature in Nelson and on the West Coast with your walks um, is a really big part of what you do um, with your clients. I mean, I'm interested in walking for you. Um, I struggle a bit with walking. I went on a one-hour, 50 minute walk the other day and I was just so bored I said to my friend I said to my friend don't 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 take this personally but I am so bored I'm out of my tree all I want to do now is go home uh, but that's just because I sort of prefer to run or cycle places I like a bit of speed so I'm interested in um you know and it, obviously going fast makes me feel good but um I'm interested in sort of you know why you choose walking and how nature plays its part um, I mean, it's unique what you do. You don't see a lot of sort of wellness businesses taking their clients out on guided walks. So, and I get it from a rejuvenation and, and clean air point of view. Um, but I'd love to hear from you how it works and, and why you walk. 
maybe Sarah C, you're the PE expert, the physical outdoor, the outdoorsy gal. <laughs> yeah. <Aww. laughs> yeah, I th- I think there's there's two parts to that. So we yeah we we've um, we've run these journeys down the west coast of the South Island, and the whole idea behind what we've created um, is is allowing a space for connection. So. You know, you talked right back at the start around that idea of connection to self and connection to others um, and, and to nature. So um, we're holding a space for these these clients or our guests or our, yeah, to, um, to allow them to really go d- a little bit deeper um, with what they are processing or how they're feeling about things. And um, the, the idea of being in nature, of being able to just completely still the body not have any technology, um, remove themselves um, over time from their uh, repetitive thoughts that they find themselves going back into when they're thinking about what they have to do at home or the kids or work or whatever, Um, and and allowing them to really uh, use all of their senses when they're in in their bushwalks and their nature connection, whether that be on the beach, whether that be uh, going on on a walk through the Paparoa National Park um, through what what is one of the most beautiful parts of our country. Um, even Sarah uses the the nature walks with her coaching, so taking clients along the Mai Tai around the base of the centre of New Zealand. Um, once you're in that fresh air and you have a purpose of wanting to shift some things, then, then it actually allows you to be more expansive being able to stop and breathe and, and take in with your senses some of the things that are happening around you, you know, listen to the water, even take your shoes off and um, put them in the in the cold stream or on the grass. or It, it allows you to reconnect a little bit back. It grounds you. Um, yeah, so with our, with our journeys, it's very much about providing a space for stillness. Um, they include meditation and they include some mindfulness when we're in the bush. Um, and some good food, I noticed. And some good food, yeah. You had some pretty yeah. good reviews about the excellent cuisine. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. It's important because it's it's not it's not about being. Um, it's about feeling nurtured, and so that cuisine, that that food, is a very much a part of um, feeling nurtured. You know, feeling really not pampered, but nurtured. Yeah, and a yeah. Bit, it's uplifting, yeah. isn't it? When you have a bit of yeah. good kai. Yeah, I think so. Makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah. Especially after you know you're spending a whole lot of energy as well. So it's it's nice to be able to come home to that. Do you think we would carry we would carry all the um, the lunches and and present them really beautifully, and people feel again a little bit more like they've been looked after. Yeah, Yeah. allowed that space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you with lockdown. I mean, we all probably did more walking during lockdown than we thought we would. Uh, even us non-walkers walked more. Um, I'm just interested whether you've found that, you know, with with that more of a walking um, mode or mentality, um, are you sort of seeing an uplift, like more receptiveness to what you do? Uh, what's the response been like around around that sort of experience? And I guess just post-lockdown, are you finding that anxiety's up a bit? So a couple of questions in there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think Sarah will touch on the anxiety, I think. Um, yeah, so lockdown for us, what's happened since lockdown is that the clinic has um, absolutely exploded um, and now um, we've had an increase in our practitioners. And so um, the, and I think with the uncertainty of travel and, uh, you know, income and a few other things that have been going on, we've actually, the, the journeys have been uh, 
paused and they're very much about if we get a, a group of people wanting to to do something similar or like that then we will um, we will create that for them uh, but the the clinic itself um, and I think due to what you just touched on the increase in stress and anxiety and the uncertainty and managing changes in relationships that have happened through working at home or you know kids um, that is really has been a path that uh, the the company itself has has started to grow in so I think Sarah will probably touch on the anxiety side of it a bit more with her work over during lockdown online as well as yeah, um, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's interesting what you say, because again, that's been a concurrent theme in, in these conversations with the At Source podcast, you know, anxiety, dry mouth, you know, cortisol running, uh, there's just sort of a lot more stress and anxiety in children as well. I mean, it's obviously a, a, widespread, a widespread problem in this day and age. You know, and it is all in, intertwined. Um, I guess even social media has a part to play with that. Um, and, you know, emotions, we talked about it before, do manifest themselves in unusual ways. I guess just from your work, you know, Sarah, Sarah M, obviously you're working in that space a bit more. Um, can you sort of tell me some of the common and maybe not so common signs of anxiety and stress that you see? Um, because obviously being mindful is something that you have to learn. We're not in all sort of intuitively geared up to be mindful. Some of those common things that, that are being presented are, um, or the signs that that, that you would look for might be those sort of, yeah, quite emotional or irrational behaviour or being tipped off, like you said earlier, it's the little things that might end up being the Imploding. big things. Imploding, yeah. Um, Imploding, yeah. Yeah. Um, Feeling um, disconnected from, you know, sort of a little bit numb. That's that's um, maybe a realization that they're having a reliance on of some form of drug or alcohol just to, you know, cope, just to get through. I think those um, those are some of the signs that that are coming in with, as well as just huge fatigue, um, feeling like Sarah said. I think. Um, like tunnelled, just um, there's, there's, there's no room. I haven't got any room for anything else. I need to just do this. Yeah, I see you know, I and- see a lot of that. And I think just going back to that fatigue thing, I think children, I've noticed children and teenagers talk about being tired endlessly. Uh, I'm talking about this with my partner yesterday. We don't remember actually saying as a teenager, I'm just tired. I just remember getting up and getting stuff done. And I was kind of busy. And, you know, I do wonder if um, technology and screen time has a sort of a, a sort of a, an imprint, a tiredness imprint on, you know, those that spend too, too many hours on the screen. It has a reverse effect. Oh, absolutely. It, I, think it, I think it absolutely does. And again, coming back to that, just the uniqueness of the experience of raising my son in a permaculture village where there is no technology is the difference in these children that were, were in this in this community. But I think um, I think there is an a, a, it's an emotional tiredness, you know, in, in children as well because they're just so zapped. fried they're and zapped. disconnected. They're zapped, yeah. yes. So I, I think there's, again, presenting a, a, a combination where this just speaks so much of a story of imbalance. You know, and how we how we can get 
back into being able to be more present with who's around us, like you're saying, you know, disconnection from even the neighbour, is are we getting our kids out communicating and spending time with others and moving their bodies and and, and letting go of all that excess build-up of tension that's in their bodies. And, I, and you watch kids gaming and they're just getting more oh, and more, more frustrated and more full. All the shoulders are And then are you pull up. it off them. Yeah. yeah. And then you pull it off them and all of a sudden, you know, they, they don't really know what to do with themselves. Oh, they don't. And, they don't. And, and that's and it's experience. another level of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So it's it's just, it's again, you know, we've got these parents that are incredibly pressured and full. We've got these, you know, extremely uh, expensive, you know, house prizes and, 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 and expectations on people, both parents out there working full time. And then we've got kids that are coming through with this, you know, whether or not the, the families are communicating about it. Kids are taking on board emotionally all the pressure that's around them. Definitely. And, you know, yeah. my real want and desire is to be able to, uh, to to get people really connected to themselves and with, with the ability to be able to get rid of that, that build-up, be able to, to find ways to be able to, to free themselves up and bring joy and happiness and creativity back into yes, everyday you know, life. lives. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so, I mean, not, not everybody can go on a nature walk or jump on a three- or four-day retreat. So what are the tangible tips, you know, for that, that day-to-day piece that you've just sort of touched on? What would you say could be helpful? Particularly just sort of thinking for children maybe here. Uh, and then we can maybe speak to that more for an adult level. But if we started with kids, because that's where we've just ended off, if you see those signs in your children, what are tangible tips to help with that? Dance. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I talk, talk about dancing with, with kids. I talk about music as well and getting the getting a bit of frequency going in the body. But it's, again, it's about spending time together. It's about actually having face-to-face talking. Um, and, um, you know, for children, it's uh, obviously it's it's monitoring their, their technology space. But um, getting them out moving, getting them in nature, getting them swimming and playing sports and and, and conversations and, and getting, it's almost sort of going a little bit backwards, you know, f- f- to back into, you know, our childhood where we felt more energised and, and more free is, is just, um, you know, being aware of how, how pressured you are as an adult and knowing that even if you're not, you, you think that your child doesn't have that awareness, they, they're picking up on all of this and, you know, we do need to be able to get outside where we are more roomy within our sort of energy, within our own frequency, our body energy, and being able to refill with nature. Again, why I take people out on those bushwalks for my coaching is what Sarah was just touching on is just you feel more spacious. If, you, if you're inside all the time and you're being all congested all the time, it's got to come out at some point. Mm. So. Yeah, um, get, I'm, get, I get outside for kids. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Go kick a football. Um, <clears throat> do, just you know, daily just, movement. Just hey. Daily movement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even and I'm gonna and food. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a big one. Yeah, I mean, how much how much colouring and sugar and processed and are we are we hitting up and and that I mean, of course, is going to create all sorts of imbalances in the gut system and then inflammation in the brain and um, you know and then to top that off with 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 you know pressure and stress, you've just got a, a giant volcano waiting to go off. So that's right, and even just frequent you know like eating meals at meal times. I find I've got a tween, a thirteen year old, and yeah. you know she. <laughs> wants to eat um you know lunch at three and she hadn't had breakfast yeah. and it's just very yeah. difficult getting those patterns established 
um, yeah, because you yeah. can't force feed them at 13. You know, they've got minds of their own and you have to actually, oh, I, totally. I find myself just constantly trying to teach wellness principles, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, her frontal lobe hasn't formed. She's not really getting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally. a tough one, right? Totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is, it's about continuing on with a focus around that, So you know, because, of, you know, as, as you, as a, as, you mom, as a mom, you're aware that, you know, the how the system's going to, um, react to not eating until three o'clock in the afternoon, and and, and again the the tension and stress and um, you know blood sugar levels mm. and mm, yeah. that's right. But we're trying we're trying to create create as much balance and focus as possible. Have you thought about doing and you may actually already be doing this, but any sort of online uh, modules, sort of like an online sort of learning system, I guess, for teenagers and, and yeah. maybe just, you know, even that 10 plus and then into tweens and then into, you know, full-blown teenage where they can sort of get engaged and watch videos and look at visuals and, you know, I just wonder whether that's useful. Absolutely. And we're being engaged by all sorts of, you know, organisations and parents and people about being able to support um, on a deeper level. And that's been more one to one. So we're just, uh, Sarah and I are now looking at the idea of what we can do yeah. to be able to, to, to bring them out there further. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. scale that up a little bit. Uh, well, thank you. They, I mean, great tips. And I mean, obviously for adults, you know, you'd hope that they have a little bit more. I guess, cognizance around some of the trigger points for themselves. Um, as we talked some about do. earlier, they don't yeah. always have that. No. It can be hard. So what are the sort of the top tangible tips for adults who might be feeling stressed, burnt out or pressured right now? Check in with self. Mm. Check in with self. What does firstly. that mean? Stop. I'm just being just trying yeah. to draw yeah. you out here because that can sometimes sound a bit like a cliche and people yeah, struggling totally. might not get it. Stop breathe yeah <laughs> I know and that's also been said over and over again and ask yourself what, what you're feeling what you're responding how your body's responding how your body's feeling when you might be in a space of heightened reaction am I reacting what am I why am I am I feeling angry why am I feeling angry um okay and then and actually reconnect back in and go I don't need to respond like that and and adjust your response um, Sarah's going to probably say it a lot clearer than I, I will, uh, but <laughs> if she wants to, she's just gagging. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I think very much awareness of self and, and your emotions. I mean, that's the first place to start. Are you happy? Are you feeling good? Are you enjoying yourself? You know, that's the that's one of the first signs. I think when you know when you're starting to really lose touch of yourself is when you you know, your emotions are out, at, at, you know, are, are yeah, out, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, you, you're not, you're not, I say, I say to people, you're enjoying your life. They're like, oh my goodness, I'm just too overwhelmed to even think about enjoying myself. You know, it's, it's, I think when you are uh, starting to, to get really um, uh, out of balance within your, your, you know, your life and your emotions, your feelings, um, you you're leaving space for you know a, a real disconnection and and that then you know whether or not a person's been living with anxiety their entire life or whether it's something that's crept in over time and things there's never been space to be able to address um, issues that have started to sort of snowball it's a it's a real um, 
you know, take the time to to check into how are you actually feeling. You wake up in the morning, are you feeling anxious? You know, and then you're and then you're scoping out throughout the whole day as to how you're going to try and make it work so that you're not having massive ups and downs. You know, and remembering potentially back to when you were a child and you felt expansive and free, and know that it, it's possible to actually experience that. Even when adult, you are, is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can be, you can have a joyful, happy, uh, creative, balanced life if you give it enough space and room to be able to, 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 to do that. You don't have to just head down, bum up, charging down the street, and just you know, and and wish the years to go by. Mm. I think there's a lot of people, though, as you said, that are sort of living in that space. Um, and just sort of surviving, right? There's not sort of Absolutely. much to look forward to for them. And uh, yeah. it does take and a lot of strength. And looking forward to those holidays. Yeah, that's right. And some people don't even get to look forward to holidays, let's face it. No. So there's, yeah. there's also that too. Um, so the other thing would be and once, you're, once you're thinking about yourself a bit more is actually doing those things, those connections with other people that – that do bring that joy, you know, putting aside that time, mindfully putting aside that time to to connect with people that bring you joy, that, that you do enjoy hanging out with and that you feel a sense of growth from or connection with. Yeah. So important um, to to do that. And I think as mm. you get older, you start getting rid of the people that feel toxic to you. But it does oh, take yeah. a lot of strength to go, do you know what? I'm just either blocking, unfriending, unfollowing this person or not seeing this person for coffee anymore because they don't make yeah. me feel good or I'm you know, I'm feeling overly charitable all the time when I do this as opposed to it mm. sort of filling mm. my tank. And so I think there's something in that too is to sort of keep good company with the people that, nour- oh, yeah. that nourish you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that comes down to knowing where you want to go too and I think taking the opportunity not only to how you're feeling in that mindful, mindful, more mindful space but actually having an awareness of, of the life that you're actually wanting to, to have and the type of people that, like you said, you know, make you joyful um, and happy but what kind of environment you want your children to, to also be in in the sense that, you know, you've got people that are, are wanting you to be part of their life and their community and have deeper, richer, um, experiences with so I think you you know yeah, that's that's incredibly important. Mm. I just wanted to touch on uh, Sarah with Sarah C, uh, your practice of Shinrin Yoku. We talked about the practice enhanced expanding, and you're doing more there. Um, I just love to hear a little bit about you know what what it is Shinrin Yoku, and then how can we make it maybe more of our daily life, part of our daily lives. Yeah, no worries. Um, so Shinrin Yoku. It translates basically it's a Japanese practice um, it came about in the 1980s and then research was um, was conducted through the 90s uh, and it's it translates to forest bathing um, loose yeah and it basically it's not about going and hugging trees and lying down and, and bathing but it, it in a way it also is about opening yourself up so it's a practice where um, you're using all of your senses with it when you're in um, a natural environment, uh, and you're being you're doing some mindfulness practices when you're in that environment. And uh, like I touched on a bit earlier, you know, taking your shoes off and standing in the grass, mm. um, uh, smelling all the smells and listening to the wind and the leaves and the birds. But there's a, there's a bit of a practice that you go through. It's a sort of a guided um, practice as once you're in a natural environment, uh, and we can do that 
in our own backyards. We can, if we have a tree, if we're in the garden, you can you can actually, with intention, uh, go into a, a natural space and and deliberately open up your senses. Um, and, and think of nothing else but in absorbing your environment. So when you're gardening, if you're gardening, um, smelling the soil, taking the time to feel it, uh, uh, listen to the birds that are in the trees above you, sit on the grass, on the lawn in your front yard, um, and, and take in the senses of, of your natural environment. Um, and it's it's the reason it's... Uh, it's become a bit of a thing and it's been heard around around the world now is that it's that the, the Japanese researchers have found that they, they did some testing just like they've done in hospital settings where if you put someone in a room where there's a natural environment outside the window they've found their recovery to be quicker uh, the same goes with the reduced cortisol and you know reduced heart rate and blood pressure um, increased feelings of joy um, there's a wonderful book called The Nature Fix where they, they look at the three-day effect of being in nature and, and they're testing the creativity and the people's ability to be more expansive in their thoughts. And so, um, yeah, it's based on that. We don't do formalised Shinrin-yoku practice, but I base a lot of what we do in, the, in nature on a mindfulness Shinrin-yoku practice, which includes having a cup of tea, a kawakawa tea, or, um, you know... It just it's about connecting back using all your senses when you're in that environment so yeah so we can do that just ourselves by going down to the river if we never live close to a river or walking on the beach and and how we do that you know taking your shoes off in the sand yeah you, even yeah. if the water's cold yeah it's just kind of like you said earlier on about reconnecting with nature and uh, taking the time too to kind of cut, to be in those places and spaces, and I, I like the fact that you refer to being able to do that in your own back garden. So those that are interested could find out a little bit more about it, and then find ways to be able to do that, as you say, at a, river, a local river or somewhere that's sort of close to them. Doesn't need to be a far away concept. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, Sarah M, I mean, we haven't really talked much about your background with nutrition and with food because you've obviously. Um, had a lot, right, in that place. Well, I, I left I left school and, and went and did a chefing course, and um, and from there, you know, I, I've had I've had the opportunity to work in in some pretty uh, interesting restaurants um, in New Zealand and in, in Australia. But um, I, I think that uh, just with the work that I do and the environments that I have I've worked in with Fountainhead, they had permaculture gardens out the back of their of their building and everything that was being served in the in the retreat was straight out of the garden. Mm. And with our with our nutrition uh, for Wellness New Zealand, it's very um, it's very personalised. We don't follow any particular sort of um, diets or um, fads or anything like that. It is just purely based on uh, where that where that where that person is. So, uh, in regards to to sort of chefing and, and nutrition. Um, for our retreats, again, uh, we're looking at uh, organic whole food, um, f- you know, fresh, um, nourishing, energising food. Yeah, what, um, what, what sort of foods would you recommend for people who are looking to sort of re-energise? Uh, seasonal, um, organic. Um, following the seasons is, is, is really, really important. 
But, um, but organic and, and is so expensive. Sorry to jump in. Here. It is. But but again, you know, have a go at, at growing, you know, your own food as well if you've got any room on your property. Or again, even better yet, you know, if there's if there's potentially a little bit of land that could be um, utilised by, by your, you know, your neighbours, you know, half a dozen half a dozen families with a little patch of land somewhere. The councils seem to be becoming even more open to the idea of allowing these uh, community gardens to come about. Yeah, having fruit trees and and parks and all of the things that that council are uh, becoming more open to. But yes, organics are, are really expensive and. Um, and to be honest, uh, sometimes I'll say to people, look, you know, if you can't go organic, go as, as um, um, locally grown as possible and, and, and give, and there's methods that you can find online as to how to, to, to wash your um, fruit and veggies ah, to get chemicals off them yeah, as well. Yeah, but an yeah. interesting topic in general about that dirt um, because I've spoken with a microbiologist and um, an immunologist and they never wash their vegetables. They take them out of yeah. the ground, they put them in the pot and they talk about that being a good gut health bacteria. Uh, and I totally agree. And when, when, if any, it's organic. Over, but if it's organic... And if yeah. I, but if I've ever travelled anywhere, the, 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 the method for getting your, your gut enzymes um, balanced is to eat a, a little bit of dirt. If you can yeah. find a, a clean enough yeah. place to pluck a piece out of the ground, of course. But um, yes, absolutely. Being able to get, you know, to, to, to be able to, um, to balance the system eating, you know, a little bit of dirt. Very counterintuitive, right? I mean, you say to people, mm, you know, just eat a little bit of yeah. dirt to stay yeah, healthy on yeah. the inside. I, <laughs> people go, what? I know. I know. But, you know, but then it makes sense too that, you know, that, that we are so disconnected from everything now that, you know, we have to have everything has to be cleaned over off. Sanitization. To, over sanitisation. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, you know, and, and it's all of those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which which doesn't allow us, our systems to be exposed to things, which do, of course, create balance. So if you've got a little patch of, of, of ground or you've got the ability to be able to put some pots out or, you know, go for it, give it a go. It's actually in, incredibly nurturing and and, um, and balancing and, and connecting. And then, of course, you know, you're not going to be able to grow, you know, everything that you need to be able to eat. But um, but it's, give it a go. It's, it's, give it a go. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's yeah. what you're saying. Look, I just had two yeah. other questions um, and before we wrap this morning, and it has been such an interesting conversation. I just wanted to ask you, Sarah M, about detoxification. I mean, it is a big topic, right? We hear about <laughs> it quite a lot. Uh, celery juice, for example, has been making the rounds on social media. And mm-hmm. uh, veganism seems to be on the rise, as does plant-based sort of eating. Um, you know, do you do you sort of see any merit to these trends? I, I, I call them trends, but, I mean, we could call them lifestyles. Uh, do you think these lifestyles are here to stay um, and make a lasting impact, or do you think they'll just disappear again over time and be replaced with some other kind of thinking? Uh, I'm going to say yes and no. I'm going to say that I think that um, I think veganism's, you know, there's so much... In, in regards to farming and, you know, chemicals and all of those sorts of things that, you know, animal cruelty and, you know, so it's backed up with with all of those sorts of things that um, I think removing removing meat from your diet, I mean, it depends on how your gut system and your bowel is and, 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 and you know, what you're replacing it with. And, and I, I, know I don't want to speak for our naturopaths and our nutritionists, but I, again, it's a very individual uh, one-to-one um this session and 
you know, celery juice, celery extract, celery juice, for example, of course, cleaning out your kidneys and flushing your system out. It's just, again, a, a, another opportunity with a, a, a fantastic product to be able to support the system. But um, if, you've, if, you're, if you're having too much to drink or you've got backlogged, you know, a backlogged system, then you have to look at, you know, your lifestyle overall. I think we do tend to jump on too quick things that are going to hopefully be able to reset our systems. But if you're not actually uh, focused on looking after your system and being in connection with your system, then, you know, you're just going to be in these repeat cycles. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, we kind of look at it from a sort of a, a bigger, broader perspective. And, and yes, it might be used to, to essentially get the system cleaned out and going, but we would be looking to, you know, to create, create homeostasis and balance. Um, for our clients as a long-term and education, of course. Yeah. So It's key, isn't it, eh? yeah. that, that education it is. piece, right? But, our, you know, talking about detox, you know, it's, again, it's, you know, people are, are, are binging out on things and they're drinking too much and their cortisol levels are up and they're working too much and they're not outside, they're not exercising, then sure, they'll jump on board with these because they start to feel really tired and laggy. And, mm. um, but it's like then, a quick you know, fix, it's, but it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think that's where these fad things, you know, are the you know they come and they go for some people like with veganism it is it is just a, a full rounded lifestyle. approach for yeah it is it's a lifestyle and we fully respect um you know the choices and decisions people make and we've got practitioners that are very interested in veganism and um and and again but where you're sourcing your products from you know and making sure that you've got you're eating with the seasons and 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 are you getting enough nutrition within mm. the the season mm, so it's good. education it's education yeah it is yeah. it is and and speaking about education i'd be interested in your thoughts on this just off the cuff i think that gen z's and millennials seem to be a lot more sort of holistic about these things i mean my son's 19 and he was whipping up um egg white uh, protein <laughs> pancakes this morning for breakfast with oats and berries and he put in an artificial yeah. sweetener and I said what are you putting that in there what for? What are you doing? You know like that's <laughs> hot, horrible toxic stuff just go for a bit of sugar yeah. and he goes oh no bad for my acne yeah. but he just seemed to have it all yeah. sort of worked but out yeah. you know <laughs> they just seem yeah. as, a, as, a, as a you know a demographic a lot more holistic about these things less my generation. Social media. We, yeah maybe that's what it social is. Social media. Yeah. Social yeah. media yeah it's all over social media and 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 I, I, yeah, I think that I think that because there's just so much more scope for uh, millennials and knowledge too going that, around. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That um, yeah, that they they're, they're far more open to um, trying to things, exploring, yeah. and getting trying it right, and, yeah. just getting, yeah, getting the yeah. right yeah. balance and understanding. Yeah, that, yeah that's right. Yeah. I just I just feel like that generation's just a little bit they're, they're just moving in a more informed place than say my generation, the X's were, you know, and the baby boomers and. They just oh, sort of seem yeah. to have it a little bit more together. Um, in terms of yes just and no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that could be another yeah. podcast, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, t- in terms of just you know looking after mental well-being in this day and age, um, and look, this is just perhaps an open question for both of you. Um, if you could just give me three of your top tips for this is our closer, just for looking after mental well-being. Three top tips from each of you. Oh. Oh, well, we've on got the spot. three that we stand by. Oh, give me those three. three. One, we well, by. They're the ones yeah. we've talked about, yeah. 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 Okay. It's yeah. connection to self, yep. connection to nature, mm. and connection to others. Ooh, you know, they're our three, our standby with our company that we just keep coming back to, which is 
so much so of, of you know, understanding your community, uh, knowing what you need, being more in tune with who you are and what you need and where you're going and um, and to, to be in, in nature as much as possible because there's just so many um, potentially, I guess, for some people, hidden gifts within that, which is centering and the ions of the of the ocean and breathing and clean oxygen and um, connection to the earth and to our environment. So, um, you know, for, for Sarah and I, we, we really strongly stand by that being wellness. Uh, New Zealand nature holds the key, which is we need to be connected to each other and to our planet for, for health and well-being. Mm. Well, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, it's been a really interesting conversation today. And I, th- I really think uh, many of our listeners are going to find it helpful and good to know about you because Nelson's a beautiful place. I only just visited it myself for the first time about five months ago and it is it is truly a gorgeous place. So, you know, your hub for wellness or your platform for wellness, I think, plays a real part for sort of corporates, you know, and adults in general and, and children. So I'm hoping that just off the back of this conversation today, this just incites a little bit more interest. How do people get in touch with you? Um, they can jump on the website, wellnessnewzealand.co.nz, um, all lowercase or fully full words, uh, or um, it's probably the best way, actually, and all our contact details are on there. We've got a phone, email, oh, and, thank uh, you. Okay. and have, a look at, have a look at our staff and, and who, what we can support them with. And with the online, of course, uh, work that you're doing, that means that people that live outside of Nelson can still be able to tap into your services. Oh, absolutely. We've got a lot of clients from uh, from around the country working online with Sarah and with our naturopaths. That's excellent. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's just important to point that out too. Well, I mean, I just wanted to say thanks so much for sharing your insights and your experience with, with me today on the At Source podcast. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you both. Thank you very much, Karen. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in and joining our conversation and stay tuned for more episodes. Please rate, review and subscribe. Check out the show notes if you'd like to contact this episode's interviewee. At Source Podcast does not accept any liability for the results of any actions taken or not taken upon the basis of information in this podcast or for any errors or omissions. Those acting upon information do so entirely at their own risk. We recommend that you seek professional assistance from certified doctors for your health and well-being issues.